This is PodKit, episode 50. Be kind, rewind. On July 30th, 2019. And now, stranger things have happened. This episode of PodKit is hosted by Brandon Johnson, Brian Mitchell, and Ryan Rampersad. This episode has show notes at thenexus.tv slash pk50. Podkit. Sure is Podkit. <laughs> what Podkit is this? Number 50. 50? That's a lot of Podkits. After what, five years? Uh, four years. A little, little over four, right? We started in May 2015, I think. Sounds about right. Okay, four years. That's pretty good. So, so dear listener, if you're, if you're uh, slightly questioning why Brandon is sounding the way he is... He is uh, recording this IRL with me, and we are sharing the same microphone, teeter-tottering back and forth, and uh, we'll see how it goes. If you ever wondered what it feels like to seem like an old-timey radio announcer, uh, it feels an awful lot like this. And it's really funny considering that here I am sitting in the studio that was built for multi-person recording <laughs> alone. <laughs> Ryan, you, sh- you should know by now, my passport doesn't work in Ramsey County. Uh, I'm only allowed in Hennepin County. Well, so, that's, uh, that's true. I understand. Yeah, there's a whole table of microphones behind you. <laughs> yes, there are. I have yet to see the new studio. It looks like a studio. I can't wait to see it in real life. Someday. Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, do we have anything to talk about? Um, you know, when was the last time we recorded? May, end of May, May. pre WWDC. Wow, that was a long time ago. Uh, you know, I think I think our, it's it's our duty to not discuss anything about WWDC whatsoever at all during this podcast. Yeah, sounds great. Just listen to Nexus Special number something if you want to hear it. There might be a link in the show notes about it. Maybe someday later. Wow. Uh, okay, that's good. Um, is there anything else that we want to talk about before we dive into our exciting topics for July? I don't know. I think we should just dive on in. Okay, let's let's do it. Okay, Brian. Okay, Ryan. What's up? <laughs> well, I heard I heard that you did a talk of some sort at React Minneapolis. I did. So you may remember me mentioning I gave a rather long lightning talk i think it was like 18 minutes on intro to typescript at javascript minnesota in the end of march i kind of uh added to that talk and gave it as a full-length talk at react minneapolis in uh their june uh how long ago was that no it was july July. yeah july it was the last day of my nine-day jury duty that's that's why that's how i remember it so um yeah it was maybe a hundred people there which is a rather high amount, I think. Um, I would say, you know, something like a, a stage fright kind of just went by me. It was, I just kind of started talking and didn't really see any one person. It just a sea of, of faces, and that that works pretty well. And I'd re- I had mumbled it to myself the night before, so it, yeah, I think it went pretty well. There were some good questions. I f- a few takebacks if I give this talk again about some points to uh, drive home a little bit more, but. I think it went pretty well. That's great. Awesome. I, I gave a talk at uh, React Minneapolis a while ago, and I had kind of the same sort of uh, the same sort of feeling about that room. It's kind of a it's kind of a tricky room. I feel like compared to JSMN, where everything even even if it's a big 
like a large number of people showing up um react minneapolis just the room is so imposing i feel like that it makes it kind of hard to get around that i know i had i had trouble with that too but uh your talk sounded awesome dude so congrats yeah it's a giant room they have three screens (laughs) so everyone can kind of see if you just zoom in a little bit yeah and they have a lapel mic so the presenter is mic'd i don't think they've recorded anything there for a long time but yeah it's a good good meetup totally recommend it so brandon or is this Ryan? One of you two. Well, Flutter I, is neat. Don't don't worry. I don't use Flutter. I'm not that cool. That's all right. Well, you know, I'm I'm uh you know uh, I I I've never been one to shy away from frivolous, shiny new things. Um, and uh, one of those things I think we talked about last pod kit was Flutter, uh, which is a hybrid mobile app framework uh, popularized by Google. Um, it's a little bit different than React Native, but I've actually been working on a Flutter project for about two months now. Uh, so I had a couple updates to share there because it's it's actually been pretty great. Um, I miss the hot reloading uh, or the ability to change out the built bundle um, that you get with React Native um, because there is no bundle with a Flutter app. Um, but generally, I think the thing I wanted to share here is the UI library behind Flutter. So the material UI library actually is selling me on material more and more, which is an alarming phrase that I never thought I would utter. But um, frankly, it's just it's really nice to have a component library underlying um, a mobile app build like this because it just takes so much of the guesswork out of it. That, um, is, that is astounding that you would say that. I Oh, I never thought I'd see the day. Yeah, I would say Ryan, if you're if you're still looking at Flutter, that would probably be the biggest thing that I think is beneficial. And I'm learning more and more about how to do things the Flutter way, right? Like how to set up your build numbers so that Flutter can auto increment your build numbers in a reasonable fashion and stuff like that. And the more I work with that, the happier I am if I just give into the Google way of doing things, which is kind of alarming. So I guess I need to do a React Native app next to cleanse my palate and, you know, get back to the usual terrible ad hoc way of doing things that uh, it comes with using Facebook products. Exactly. I, I think what it would be fun to do sometime is just chat about um, how the data modeling works differently in Flutter versus React Native. You know, like in React Native, oh, totally. we have all of the regular React state stuff, which is exactly how Flutter is built effectively. Um, but the the more you go away from the, just using state and components and you start looking at Redux and yep. Redux offline and, you know, Redux uh, persists storage and so on, like that changes your data management story quite significantly. I think it'd be interesting to compare and contrast how Flutter does that because that's, that's a big part of how apps work. Absolutely. And I would say the Flutter story around that is still very immature. Um, there's this notion they have called the block or business logic component. I don't know how you get a business logic component. I don't, I don't know how you get block from that. It's with a lot of selective capitalization, no, no doubt. But uh, I would say that, you know, kind of the big thing that Flutter seems to popularize now is the same sort of provider pattern that we're used to in React. The thing is, they just don't have any of the vendor you know, and when I say vendor, I mean like Redux or um, any any of the kind of like quote unquote uh, state management solutions that React offers that are outside of or separate from React, even though they're kind of aligned with React. Right. Flutter has none of that. There's just whatever Google does. Um, but I've I've found some things that have kind of worked pretty well. I don't love them, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how that matures over time for sure. What do you think the likelihood of Flutter surviving, you know, another three years are? 
That's a great question. I guess Google can keep it limping along for as long as they want. Do you um, think when Flutter, do you think when Dart 2 comes out, do you think Flutter will go over through like a major rev and it'll be like Angular 1 versus 2? I don't see that much change in the Flutter ecosystem, frankly. That's good. I I I I just don't think I don't think there's enough I I think Flutter isn't moving fast in terms of breaking the API in my at least as far as I've seen as like React Native has or certainly as Angular had so I don't think it's going to be terrible like that but it could be uh stranger things have happened and I'm sure I'm sure I'm only working with a subset of the API that's probably pretty mature at this point um and I'm sure there's a lot of kind of uh you know what's that anecdote about the duck that's like kicking really fast under the water even though it looks calm above the water no that's not that's not it that's not the anecdote all right well you know i I gave it a try maybe maybe there's lots of subtle stuff that's changing that i'm just not noticing because i'm i'm fortunate enough to have very simplistic use cases for a lot of this stuff and the complex stuff i can just um make my own problem and not make the problem of the framework because that's what we're all about in in react land right oh i thought that's what you were trying to imply as developers yeah that that too that too yeah so uh brandon i heard that you went to uh chain react recently i i sure did i guess we're just having brandon's hybrid mobile app corner here i that was unintentional (laughs) but i guess that's that's how it goes sometimes, isn't it? So yeah, I went to Chain React, and there are lots of cool announcements there. Uh, I had some folks from Facebook talking about Hermes, which is their new JavaScript engine. The fun thing about custom JavaScript engines, though, is you can only run it on Android. Um, because on iOS, your only option is JavaScript core. Uh, so the demo they had for it was really slick. You're able to kind of swap it out, and they have some ridiculous performance benefits with it um, and, and kind of cold start time uh, improvements on the Android side, which is really great because uh, React Native support for Android has always felt a little bit um, like it left something to be desired. Um, the startup times were always a little bit slower. Um, just generally, JavaScript performance on Android, I think, is less uh, less snappy than on iOS. So it's really cool to see that come, come along. Um, there are lots of other cool talks and cool folks there, um, but uh we've already said a lot of words about hybrid mobile apps so i'll I'll leave it at hermes for now yeah i was reading the uh the twitter today in fact oh yeah and um brent also known as not brent not brent yeah uh, on on twitter uh he uh was um you know the last two days expo released version 34 i believe and um hermes is not in 34 yet but they're working on getting the capability to, you know, flag this feature on for the Android builds. Right. So that'll be pretty cool. I think, um, you know, Herbie's is really a more probably a bigger deal for Android than it would ever be, even if it were possible on iOS. It's yeah. significantly important on Android because of so many lower end devices out there. Absolutely. So that's cool. It's going to be really exciting. Big big fan of that. Uh, so do you, do you, like, would you recommend Chain React for other people in the future who might want to go? I, I think I'm coming back for sure. Uh, I, uh, I really enjoyed all the talks I, I, I went to. We were talking a little bit in the fringe, um, how like, you know, at the end of the day, all conferences are kind of subject to a lot of the same, uh, kind of things where like, you know, you're, you're going to go to some talks and, and feel like they're a little, uh, 
uh a little a little more beginner than maybe you were looking for but that's that happens all the time and sometimes you go to some talks that are a little bit too niche in ways that you're not really interested in but that's that's just what conferences are i think they did a really great job of, of striking a balance uh and the conference organizers too just seemed super super cool super chill so uh, it was good stuff and it brought together a lot of people from the react native community that was kind of fun to meet and greet um Kind of getting me excited too about contributing to uh, the React Native open source community in the next year. We'll see whether that comes to fruition or not. I have to first like, you know, uh, chill out about other things. But after I do that, it'd be really great um, to give back to stuff like React Native maps that I use constantly and all over the place. So. Yep. Speaking of conferences, uh, who who here uh, tried to apply for ReactConf later this year? I think that would be me. Did, did you did you apply to be a speaker? Sure did. That's pretty cool. Yeah, should be fun. We'd be talking about AR, uh, location based AR and React Native. So it'd be an uh, iteration on my open source North talk. So very nice. I applied to uh, to the lottery to just be a, an attendee. Nice. Me too. Very nice. I I hope we all get in. And a few of my coworkers. So. Oh. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. It's in October this year, and uh, you know the last time they did it, they they broke the internet. I mean, they broke hooks. I mean, uh, they broke classes. Um, so hopefully it happens. My my hunch is this is when suspense might get released and uh, or at least talked about a little more, and then maybe shipped in more of a alpha that's not. Well, suspense is they just um. Maybe we should talk about React 16.9 now instead. Yeah, sure. Suspense is killing me. We're breaking up the show notes here. Oh, oh geez. Whoa, geez. I, I, I'm sure I just saw Brandon just flutter out the window. I mean, flutter out the window. <laughs> um, yeah, so Dan Abramov on Twitter today was looking for some feedback on a version of React 16.9.0. They released an alpha a couple of months ago that included... I think we talked about this on Podkit, or I did. Um, async act in testing. Yes, you so did talk about that here. Yes, and that's a great feature. I my current test suite has tons and tons of warnings, and then I every so often install the sixteen point nine point zero alpha and hope that all the warnings go away, and they usually do. And if not, then I fix it. But um, there's a new version. It's I guess React's pattern for uh, not even alpha releases, just zero dot zero dot zero dash. Commit. Part of a commit hash. Which all so. suspiciously look identical to each other. Pretty fishy. Hmm. Monorepo? I guess. Yeah. I hope. I hope. So in, in terms so, of the, the future yeah. of React, I wonder if uh, ReactConf would signal um, either 16... I mean, I would assume it'd go up to 17 once everything is all cooked and done, right? Nah. Nah. Well, I feel like suspense doesn't have a breaking change. Like it still works with sixteen until they change they... it. Yeah, or un- unless they need to get rid of some of these lifecycle methods to support suspense. Yeah, like render. Maybe. <laughs> Renderless functions, like you don't even need a render to render your UI. It's all XML. It's just like how serverless isn't on a server. Yeah, uh, we always used to joke that the next step is codeless. Uh, all you can do is configure infrastructure. That's all you get. So I, I, I don't. I think it was last night. I was reading about something called Deployless. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that go by on Twitter. Dark. They just got a bunch of funding. It's very it's dark. Weird. Very dark. Truly, indeed. All right, back to React. I have a little bit more. Yeah. So, in addition to Async Act, um, 
there are some some changes and deprecations that are more formally put in. So when was it React sixteen point two or three was released, they said that they or they created new lifecycle methods instead of component will mount its component, or there's they just remove that one and you do things in the constructor of a class. Yeah, and then they tell you not even to do that, so don't do that. Yeah, so they they changed some of that. They added get drive state from props. And the other one. Removed component. uh, What was it? Yeah. I don't know what the other one is because I never used the other one. Component will receive props. Yeah, component will receive props. That's when they they also uh, said can now be used with get drive state from props. So little differences. They didn't didn't say that they're deprecated yet, but they said in in the future they will be. And with React 16.9.0, they will be. Well, and nobody so, should be using any of that old crazy class nonsense anymore. Should all be moving on to hooks. Hooked on hooks. I agree. Uh, so, so that's going to be there. So you'll see warnings now when you're not in strict mode for deprecation, and you can silence them by adding the, in all caps, unsafe underscore prefix before the functions. Oh, you don't have to add. I will admit to being a terrible person, and I will be fired if you read this underscore function name. That was a good one. Where was, was that? Nice. It was somewhere in, in the deep internals of the React something or another reconciler. I think I've seen that. I forget what it was from. Yeah, I've, I I've found that too. Now. I think it's a bit. I think it's a it's a joke. It is a joke now, yeah. It's a running gag, yeah. So in addition to that, there's some other small features and things, you know, new, new attributes on some components, um, some changed warnings and crash fixes and uh, things like that. And then uh, they're also removing unstable underscore concurrent mode and replacing it with unstable create root. Great. So suspense is being changed. Uh Uh-oh. And I think some more features in React for the new uh, dev tools and the profiler that Brian Vaughn has been working on the last several weeks or months. I'm I'm just reading the, the change log here. And one of them is fix, hide, fix hiding suspense fallback nodes when there is an important style. And, like, wow, that just hurts to even think about. The hard coding. Like, let's find... Oh, I'm going to read those later. Okay. Wow. Say, Brian. Say, Brandon. I heard you released an NPM package recently. I did. Why don't you tell us about it? Yes. Uh, so, fast... Uh, backward, fast, fast, fast forward back to is that what's proper there? I think the phrase is I think the phrase is be kind rewind. So be kind rewind to November of 2018. Here I am, yet another year into my mom's side of the family needing to do some sort of gift exchange uh-huh. between us. But no one in the same family can have each other, so like I can't have my sister and vice versa. Same with my parents, and then. Um, certain family members can't have each other, but only one direction. And then some people haven't met everyone. So I have a cousin who got married last summer, and I think I have one cousin who hasn't met her. And so they can't have each other because they've never met. Mm. And then there's and there's some like boyfriend or girlfriend of some of my other cousins who haven't met everyone, so they can't have each other too. So sounds like a complicated secret Santa thing. I found one tool that's really slow. It's in PHP. Sometimes it just fails. I think it's PHP. Sometimes it just fails. And then to try again, I would have to type in half the information again. It would keep the names, but these exclusions, I would have to re-enter. So I did that a couple of years, and then I got fed up with it. 
So last November, I wrote a very crude node command line thing that read from a JSON file and outputted in the console just some matches. So I took that. I released it, I think, in May as version 0.1 on NPM just to, like, snapshot it and put something out there. And then this weekend, I finally wrapped up what I've been working on for the last couple of months, which is a little bit more refined of an algorithm. Um, it's uh, properly typed. I removed the command line stuff. It's just a function or two that is exported now versus only command line. And yeah, it will shuffle around people. It's a derangement type of problem. I think maybe I've talked about this in another podcast. You did. So I can, I'll be more brief here. Approximately so, yeah. one year ago. Was it a year ago? Well, whenever the last time you worked on it was. I've been working on it every few weeks, the last couple of months, but it's been a couple of months, so who knows? Okay, then. So yeah, it just shuffles around an array, basically, and then no no, uh, no item will be in the same spot that it started. And then, which you can do by just taking two arrays, or you take an array, you shuffle it around, and then you make a duplicate off of it, and then you take off of that second one, you take the last item and push it to the front. And that slides everything over by one, so nothing's in the same spot, but it's still shuffled. Huh. There, there are many proofs in uh, discrete math and machine autonomy that use that same principle, and it's horrifying. It's. I was going through crazy like recursion things and like terrible nested loops, and I was having a very hard time getting it to work. And then I came across a number file video <laughs> that went through this very thing, and it went through this very thing, and. Uh, Dr. Hannah Dry, oh, I thought it was Fry. Maybe it is Dry. I'm going to check. Um, Hannah Fry, I typo in my readme. Lol. Um, so she went through this example, and I just kind of was like, oh, so that's how it works. And then, yeah, I just do that, and then I have a bunch of exclusions that you can configure, but maybe you don't you don't want to. And then it uh, it's a while loop that just until this test derangement function returns true, saying it's a valid match, it just tries it again and again. But I do timeout after a second if it doesn't find anything, because there is a a possibility that you give it an exclusion list that makes it for an impossible match. And then I just bail out and throw an error. Um, And in my unit tests, this while loop gets run like one to two to three million times, so it's pretty fast, at least for my test cases. Nice. So is it deterministic, or does it get seeded by some random stuff? It's it does a shuffle, so it's using math.random, so that is indeterministic. Yeah, That's correct. I think do the same thing. Every it's time. not it's not pure. So no. so well, I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't know if pure necessarily means deterministic, but True. um, I would love to have a version of your uh, package in the future that has like a deterministic mode so that I can run it exactly the same way every single time. I did look into that a little bit in the beginning. Can I submit I was a PR? To... Absolutely. Okay. Do it. I was trying to unit test it with a bunch of complicated stuff so I wouldn't have to just... So I ended up writing a custom jest matcher to do all of this stuff, but in small steps. So I could um, fail a test with a specific test message on what went wrong. Mm-hmm. And that was helpful when I was building it. Though I had mostly gotten it to work by the time I built this matcher, so uh, kind of, kind of not. But yeah, so that was fun. I you know wrote a bunch of docs and stuff. There is a function in the utils file for validating a configuration 
that I'm just straight up not using because I spent hours writing it and then and unit testing it and then ended up not using it because I decided to not write a CLI. So it's just sitting there but not used. Okay, and then finally, what version did you release this one as? 1.0.0. Wow, look at that. It's a stable API package. So good. Hope so. It's got all but one line is covered <laughs> in code coverage, so it's pretty stable. Nice. Well, I mean, code coverage does not equal stability in Node. It's whether you change the API randomly on bug fix. That's that's true. Well, yeah, of course it's a breaking change. I mean, the the API that it exports is a function called calculate and another one called calculate sync, and then it exports an error and then two TypeScript interfaces. So it's pretty small beautiful cool so uh i heard somebody was developing on windows i heard um from the distance i heard some some cries of agony and some sighs of disbelief uh i don't know that was me it was you that was me yeah um yeah i i made a terrible miscalculation and uh decided uh there's a situation that arose where I uh, had to interact with a Microsoft SQL database. And uh, I tried to do it. I've been using my Linux laptop uh, more recently, uh, which you may, which uh, listeners, frequent listeners of PodKit may remember is now like two years old or something ridiculous like that. Frequent PodKit um, listeners who listen to every episode, but they're only every six months or so. So, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, yeah, we try to keep it low effort, uh, but uh, suffice it to, suffice it to say, I discovered today uh, I I've been working on the Linux side of that for a while, and you know everything's pretty snappy because you know Linux is pretty snappy. There are no drivers, so nothing to slow it down. Uh, so I booted into uh, I booted into Windows because I couldn't connect to the Microsoft SQL database from the from the Linux side for some gosh darn reason because whatever open source database management tool i was using didn't seem to do it and i couldn't i couldn't at get install my way ar- uh, around it or dnf install my way around it uh so i booted into the windows side installed microsoft sql management service mssss uh or whatever they call it these days uh and sure enough it worked the first time i went to go spin up my app i had no js installed and everything but uh turns out uh npm install on a large app takes forever and in fact there's no way to tell i'm told whether or not it will complete uh little 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 something called uh uh uh, what's that what's that proof called thing where you can't tell whether program completes uh church turing thesis halting theorem halting problem halting problem that's it yeah there we go uh and uh so it's not non-deterministic absolutely non-deterministic i I said it i let it sit in the background for like 45 minutes while i was doing dumb stuff with the sql sql service uh, or the sql database that i needed to extract some data from uh and it still didn't complete and it turns out npm like like node package installs whether it's on npm or yarn are just abhorrently slow on windows and it seems like there's no good way around it. Like I, I turned off Windows Defender, and that seemed to help a little bit. But now, my, now my computer has a bunch of viruses. No, uh, but you know, it that doesn't really seem like a solution, uh, and it still was like super slow. Um, you know, this is this is a dual core machine, I grant, so it's not super fast. But none of this should be bound by number of cores. It should be bound by, I guess, maybe still CPU bound probably maybe sort of kind of kind of 
and disk bound for IO. Yeah, but I have a, I have a NVMe SATA, so it should be the disk should be snappy, super snappy. I mean, you know, all of those four kilobyte Node.js index files. I mean, they add up. How, how do I how do I left pad without without an npm install? My my app at work I think has, I was doing some dependency updates today. Nearly that's like eight hundred and ninety thousand packages. Jeepers! How do you, wow? Okay then. That's yeah. I Create mean, React app and a bunch of other tooling. So I, so I think, Brandon, um, did you try doing this under WSL? I did. I tried it both, both uh, under both environments. So I tried it first under WSL, believe it or not, because I was developing it on Linux. So I was like, you know, whatever. I'll just use Node.js on Linux. I already have that set up. And uh, same problem. It was still, ex- it was still extremely slow. And then actually, secondarily, after that, I was like, well, is it any faster if I do it um, straight up against uh, against Windows? And it turns out it's not any faster. It's exactly as slow or worse. So uh, there's there's not really any good way any good way to to deal with it um so i just ended up finishing up what i needed to do on the sql side and then going back to going back to fedora because fedora 30 will never let me down uh until i get home and open up my laptop and found out that it corrupted the boot partition for some odd reason because as we've been sitting here recording this podcast um but you know other than that it never let me down yeah yeah that's why i use a mac you know, I have a Mac too, but believe it or not, uh, for the project that I'm working on with this, which is a whole other can of worms, um, you couldn't actually get the project to build properly on a Mac. Um, it's not a good sign. It's It really is not a good sign, but we're using Zeit's uh, PKG, the package tool, oh. uh, to build it as executables. And okay. um, because we're not actually deploying this to a Mac, uh, I... Uh, made and, and because the timeline on this is ridiculously short, I made what could be considered a pragmatic or pragma- pragmatically foolish de- decision to uh, just try to make my dev environment as close to the deploy environment as humanly possible. Is it going to deploy uh, onto Linux? Uh, yes and no. It's mostly <laughs> going to deploy onto Windows. Okay. So basically, basically. So you were uh, close, but not that close. <laughs> best, best, best laid plans, right? You know. Uh, so yeah. basically, basically, I, I changed my development environment so that the existing configuration works, which is not <laughs> uh, configuration-driven development. Perfect, great, everyone loves it. That's a that's a great way to to get something out the door, though. So hope so. Ho- hoping so. Speaking of out the door, that's tomorrow. Out the window. <laughs> out the out the door and the window simultaneously. So there you have it. Don't don't use Node on Windows. It's terrible. Hopefully it gets better. Well, without further ado, it might be time for us to uh, go to everybody's favorite segment, our new Twitter followees. Uh, I've I've followed a lot of people this month, um, uh, but I've I've picked three for you today. If that's cool, we'll start with uh, Henry, who goes by XDESRO on Twitter. Uh, who is a creative developer who does a lot of stuff with like generative art, which is super cool. I love uh, generative art, and he has a super cool profile at Henry.codes. That is like, uh, you know, sometimes when you get like, I don't know. When I when I used to work at an ad agency, it was always really uh, interesting to see because you you would have people who would do like generative art, and it would be really like 
edgy and like impossible to use because they just decided oh this is like an art piece and i'm just going to be artful and i don't care about people actually reading this um which you know sometimes i can respect but mostly it's just terrible but henry strikes a really good balance here um and is not and is not like that at all um so it's 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 always awesome to find people like that and um follow them and and, and appreciate their work because truly this this is a really cool website um and he's done some cool stuff uh around like uh using uh css in a generative fashion so that's that's always good stuff love me some css folks uh next up is why is js mad underscore or why underscore is underscore js underscore mad which tweets about all of the fantastic controversies in the javascript community um it's been a little dormant recently unfortunately but it, it captured some of the good ones uh big one that i remember is uh oh you know what i don't remember any of these <laughs> so uh well you know it's it's still kind of an interesting fun account but you must have followed it a long a long time ago let's see what what twitter trends happened well since since the last podcast the 10x developer oh, oh that was the big one the that 10X. was that ripped up across all of tech twitter not just javascript it, it even it even snuck out into like the rest of the world like uh, a lot of non-technical or you know folks who don't work as software developer folks that i know uh were making 10x developer jokes at me and i found it very entertaining it was great so and last but not least is kenneth of france who is uh who was the mc for uh uh chain react and it's just a super cool human uh he's fun tweets and he t- and he's like a part of the react native community now because he was the mc at at at, at uh chain react um and and as a result he's he's kind of joined uh uh joined up i, I think he's a he's a school teacher uh um and and like that's that's like what he does for work and then he just kind of i i i'm trying to remember the story for how how he um how he ended up uh running chain react but it's it's like just super awesome and i always love uh i always love seeing his tweets because he's a he's a cool dude so there you go that just about does it for my twitter followees uh want to take the wheel brian sure i just gotta say that's that's a really cool um way to to get involved in a community someone asking to MC and then yeah suddenly you're roped in and yeah that's that's awesome right all right, let's see. For me, I put four in. Uh, first is Cassidy Williams, which is at um, Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O. Um, she is an engineer at CodePen. Um, she created the the emoji that you, well, edited an emoji that you might have seen called Mild Panic, which is a, a mix of several different emojis. I've, I've, I downloaded that and threw it up in the Slack at work, and I see it used sometimes. Someone, Great. someone even edited. We have an internal tool from a hackathon where it'll partyify an image or a GIF, and so someone did a, a, a mild panic party, and it's just like you know strobing in the rainbow colors to that emoji. Amazing. Awesome. She's uh, taken to posting some short um, videos in kind of like TikTok style to her Twitter over um, time, and is into mechanical keyboards. So good. Uh, next up is Amy Simmons. She's a software engineer at Twitter and was part of the, the new Twitter. Um, she replied or was retweeted by one of the Twitter accounts or someone else when that new Twitter redesign went out. So 
give her a follow. Next up is Jack uh, Schladler. Um, he works at Ableton. And a little while ago, I saw um, a really cool demo from uh, Ableton on on the web about um, interacting with synthesizers, how they work, um, kind of a web audio demo. So um, I think that site is learningsynths.ableton.com. Um, there are some other ones that um, we found while we were looking at this before the show too. So just some really cool kind of kind of along the art realm, but a little more technical professional yeah. audio working. So probably the a, a lot of the same technology, but totally a different approach, which I think is kind of cool. And Ableton's like best in class about that for sure. Like there's there's nobody there's nobody like them as far as kind of mapping um, kind of concepts of music. Uh, into like a technical realm and then back into something that's like just really joyful for folks to use. So it's good stuff. And I think Ableton is a really good tool for live events. I mean, they call it Ableton live. Yep. So that's yeah. clever. Almost like it was meant for it. Oh geez. And then finally is, uh, John Colvener. Um, he's a local, uh, I think he does a lot of C sharp, but some TypeScript and other, other work around the twin cities here. I met him at some meetups and we were talking after my react talk. Um, he had some good feedback and comments after my talk. So very cool. Giving him a call out. Nice. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I followed at least two people in the past, uh, while, uh, so first of all, uh, let's go out of order. So we'll do Kelly first. Um, so Kelly Vaughn, I think is how you would say her last name. Kelly is a, uh, podcaster. Uh, everybody's podcaster these days turns out. And uh, she has a podcast called Ladybug Podcast, where she's a co-host among four other women who are kind of talking about, uh, you know, different topics per episode, but broadly they're all developers or in the field and they kind of document how they got into the field and where they are and their careers in the field and so on. And it's really cool. And she's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's uh, pretty cool. Nice. And then the other one I have here, I think uh, his real name is Will Larson, but his Twitter name is Lathane. And he works at Stripe. He's in infrastructure and management. And he actually wrote the book that uh, uh, I really liked about two weeks ago. And <laughs> I have not finished oh, no. yet. I have not finished yet because I've been uh, – I, I, because of reasons we'll talk about later. Right. Um, but a super good book. And so – I've already applied some of the principles from the book, you know, just in some, you know, high level ways at work. And it's, it, you know, it's really, really good advice and ideas and perspective, especially as you creep along in your career. Uh, and he's a really cool guy. A lot of good ideas. And wow, this book at, from this book from Stripe is just incredible. Yeah. Uh, at your recommendation, I picked it up and I'm, I'm in the process of reading it as well. Um, I'm also not too far into it because of a lot of other stuff yeah um yeah i got to yeah. page 60 i beat you all i bought it and i haven't opened it yet hey. I, okay well i mean that's not really winning but okay well it, it's, it's a it's, version of winning it's keeping the progression going in the direction it was i see yeah, so that's who I followed. I did actually follow some more people. About three or four weeks ago, a bunch of people got shifted around at The Verge. And so our, our good friend, uh, who's that guy from wow. Minnesota? 
Oh, Dieter. Dieter. And then who's that other guy that nobody likes? Uh, Nilay. Uh, okay, that's mean. Um, they are not no, no longer the leads of The Verge anymore. There's actually two other people who have sort of taken up the leadership titles and roles at The Verge. And so I didn't know who they were before. Uh, and I still don't know who they are because I'd have to figure out how to use this Twitter website to find my followees again. But I now follow them on Twitter, and it's kind of cool to actually follow the, the the new leadership of the Verge. They're much quieter, and they care much less about tech news than uh, Neilai and and others. Huh. Weird. Well, he's still listed as EIC. Neilai still listed as EIC. Yeah, they uh, the there there's leadership above that even. Oh, right, 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 right. So they retain the titles, but there are There's... additional, right. I do see additional folks up here. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. So I followed them. So what do you guys have coming up in the next few weeks here? I'm about to go to Chicago for work. Chicago for this. work. Chicago for work. Yeah, to go deploy this thing. In the middle of the night. The, in the middle of the night or the early morning, depending on how uh, how you how you plan it out. Yeah. What? It's 6 a.m. somewhere. That's uh, that's true. Someone once said. It's just unfortunate when it's 6 a.m. when you have to fly. Yeah. Well, technically it's 5 a.m. So look at looking on the bright side. Okay. I am uh, also traveling on Saturday for until technically Monday morning, the following Monday. So like uh, nine days or something. Gonna go to California with my family, and then halfway through bail on that and go hang out with some friends in san francisco so i'll be in the valley not doing tech things but who knows maybe i don't know i mean you might accidentally trip over a google or facebook or a twitter Uh oh. yeah get run over by a self-driving car or whatever craziness they have there yeah watch out for people distributing facebooks on the street (laughs) They're, they're they're highly suspicious face pamphlets yeah yes and then uh, a week and a half after I get back from that, I'm going to React Rally in Salt Lake City. I'm super excited about that, and I think the week after that we will record the next podcast. Fingers crossed, right, everyone? At the yeah, end of August. <laughs> the end of August. End of August. Very nice. I am not traveling. I I uh, I don't think I'm traveling. I'm pretty sure I'm not traveling. I could be surprised. You could hear me at the end of August telling you all about how I went all over the U.S. again for no reason except nice. because somebody told me to. Uh, it's not in the plans, but you never know. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, make sure make sure you get your. Uh... You've you've got a Sky Miles membership, right? Sure, totally. Wink, You'll wink. have Diamond Medallion status before you know it. I I uh, it won't be me, but somebody will. <laughs> roll, roll right up, roll right up to. Uh, no, it's it's per it's per passenger, man. You gotta, I I, you gotta... I know, but it won't be me because I don't go that much. Ah. Uh... <laughs> And that, that's for the best, because it's way too much work. No, I, I don't have actually any uh, major plans uh, for the next month or so. Um, going to be doing some work here and there, and yeah. Prepping for Podcast 51. There we yeah, go. Yeah, month-long prep time. I mean, we're going to have so much content for the new episode. So much. Maybe. Yeah, what happened to WWDC? I forgot. Uh, yeah, it's too long ago now. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure we're gonna just have to wait until next year to talk about WWDC again. There we go. But check out NS65. That is Nexus Special 65. If you want to hear who was even on that, I think I was. I don't think I was. I think that was towards the start of my. No, it was me and you. Oh, it was I was there? Hey, that's cool. Oh yeah, yeah. That was soon after I got the iPad. It's an hour and a half. Nice. Take a listen.
I should I should re-listen to that. I'm sure we had some good stuff. That was right right before I dropped off the face of the earth. It's good stuff. Well, speaking of dropping off the face of the earth, I think uh, we got our time. episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find you all? The internet. Yeah, I'll I'll start since I'm talking. Um, you can find me Brian Mitchell at Brian Mitch L on Twitter or my website Brian M dot me. You can find me just about anywhere, but particularly on Twitter, where I'm Brandon underscore MN. And depending on uh, how willing I am to post pictures on Instagram, I'll be on Instagram where I have that same username, Brandon underscore MN. Mostly coffee, though I don't drink coffee very much anymore. And of course, you can find me just about everywhere, but especially on Twitter at RyanMar. And of course, on my website, RyanMarPerset.com, where I will be adding what I just found out today Sticker Mule has referral codes, so if you'd like a free $10 coupon or something, I guess, click on my referral link on RyanRapperset.com. And if you're going to it right now, don't look right now because it doesn't exist until you listen to the full episode. But if you can't wait, go to the one on my site because it's been there for a year or more already. (laughs) Oh, also, uh, Sticker Mule is selling $1 hot sauces today. For some reason. I guess they made a hot sauce. I don't know. I bought one. After tax, it's a dollar and eight cents with free shipping. Like, can you imagine like how that came up in management? Like, hey guys, like I've got this great marketing promo idea. Like, let's sell hot sauce for a dollar, and everybody's like, why? And the guys like, well, basically it's so that we get everybody's credit card on file, and so the friction of buying stickers in the future will be low. And everybody's like, oh. It's genius. Yeah. Genius. See, what they didn't bet on is I already have Sriracha at home, Sriracha at work, Cholula at home, and I think there's community Cholula at work. What they also didn't bet on is that I would use PayPal because I don't want Uh, them to have my credit card. I didn't check the box for remember my credit card, so it's a gray area, I guess, for me. Yeah. Joke's on me. I've already forgotten my credit card, and I use Sticker Mule to pay for everything else. So <laughs> That doesn't make any sense, but that's the point. Uh, so, uh, this has been the episode of PodKit that you've all been waiting for, which is PodKit 50 after four long years. You can find the show notes for this episode at thenexus.tv slash pk50. Of course, you can leave comments for this episode and other episodes of podcasts at the Nexus at reddit.com slash r slash the nexus tv and of course you can support all of the nonsense that brandon says and tweets if you would like to by going to patreon.com slash the nexus tv we need more nonsense in this world exactly it's the only the only way to make it work all right well have a good one bye have a good one The Nexus, the Nexus, the Nexus TV podcasts from, from the, the technological, technological convergence. convergence.